This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars, and this is the sound of, well, here, I'm going to play you the sound, and if you're old enough, you'll be able to identify it right away. That's the sound of a brand new cassette tape being unwrapped and put into a cassette deck. That's my friend and fellow Radiotopian, Benjamin Walker. He hosts the show Theory of Everything, and he's definitely old enough to know that sound. Yeah, well, so are you, pal. Benjamin is sitting in a car, a car that happens to have a tape deck, with Andrea Hart, who works with the Sub Pop record label. At first when we started doing the cassettes for every release. If you're not familiar with Sub Pop, it's kind of this small but really mighty record label that has signed some of the best indie bands of the last 30 years. Nirvana, Slater Kenny, The Postal Service, Beach House. And Andrea has a job at Sub Pop that a lot of people might not imagine exists at a modern record label. I work at Sub Pop Records doing cassette production. It's crazy. I just don't think I've even held a cassette in my hand for a long time. This job, handling cassette production at Sub Pop, it disappeared completely for a while. But recently, record stores and distributors have been requesting Sub Pop to release their titles on cassette. And Sub Pop asked Andrea to oversee the operation. As of 2016, the plan is for every new release is to get a is to get a cassette release. I don't like nostalgia for the sake of it, and it's clear to me why cassettes have been replaced now a couple of times over by more convenient mediums. Mediums where you can actually skip tracks and you don't have to rewind when you're done listening. But I do think there are a lot of good things about the cassette. First off, you can fix a messed up cassette with some patience and a pencil. Plus, there's never been a better way to make a mix. And you can have a tape floating around on the floor of your car for years and then throw it in your tape deck and it sounds great. Well, it sounds okay. It never really sounded great. In any case, Sub Pop is betting that some of us will want to hear our favorite albums on cassette again. But there is one population that never stopped listening to music on cassette. That's filmmaker Alex Lambert. We've been working together on this story. And actually, I'm just going to hand it over to her now. The United States prison system has the largest prison population in the world. And when the more than two million prisoners in this country have access to music, it's often on cassette. Well, my number one thing to keep around here is my Walkman, my tapes, my uh, legal papers, and some bottle of water. Yeah, they can have everything else. That's Adolfo Davis. At 14 years old, he was involved in a gang-related shooting. He was tried as an adult and sentenced to life in prison. Adolfo is 39 now, and he's serving his sentence at Stateville Correctional Center in Illinois. Listening to music on tapes is one of his only means of escape. That's the only way I think I've, I've made it so far because I have a good imagination. and I just close my eyes, put my earbuds in, and I just be gone. In 1990, the year Adolfo was incarcerated, everybody was listening to music on cassette tapes. In fact, Adolfo had some with him when he went to prison. Yeah, I got locked up with a uh, a Walkman and I think like seven tapes. Yeah, when I used to sell drugs, I have a fanny pack. And I have my Walkman in my fanny pack with my tape. And I'd be listening to the Walkman while I'm watching out for security for the police. A fanny pack. We used to call it a pouch, but... It's a fanny pack. 
<laughs> let's, let's be real. <laughs> Just a few years after Adolfo was locked up, the cassette tape would be all but replaced by the CD out here in the free world. But in prison, the cassette lived on. I'd be telling my family, like, I need to order a tape. And the younger generation that I'd be talking to, they don't even know what a tape is. And not just any old cassette tape is allowed in prison. Some prisons require a very specific type of cassette tape. It has to be clear. It has to be uh, sonically welded so it can't be taken apart and put back together. And the box it goes in has to all be also be perfectly clear. That's Steve Stepp, owner of National Audio Company, America's preeminent manufacturer of cassette tapes. The reason you can't have a five-screw cassette or maybe a colored cassette that's opaque is they don't want uh, a razor blade or narcotics or something else to be enclosed in a cassette. They do have people uh, in the correctional facilities who look at and inspect incoming materials and they have to be able to see through or they won't allow them in. Steve has gotten familiar with this subfield of cassette tape manufacturing, even though it is not the focus of his business. Mostly he makes normal cassette tapes for a number of different markets. Music labels, spoken word, audiobooks. Steve's factory in Springfield, Missouri, produces both blank tapes and tapes with audio already on them. The machines collate all those parts together, transfer them across on a conveyor, and then wrap them with cellophane and put a tear strip in. Steve was one of the first people in the cassette industry, and he's one of the only people still in it. We're the only people I know of. Uh, most of the people left in the cassette industry are... Uh, mom-and-pop shops or small operations. If you purchased a cassette recently from anywhere, from Radio Shack or from the merch table of some punk band you just saw live, it probably started out in Steve's factory. His company ships out up to 100,000 cassettes a day, and a small number of those cassettes are special orders for prisoners, made with clear plastic and without screws. Once the tapes leave here, we don't really see where they end up. As for why cassettes have stuck around in prisons all these years, it's hard to get a definitive answer because every prison is different. But there's one theory we heard from a few different people. Tapes are allowed because CDs are easier to weaponize. They say that it's the most safest way for them to listen to music. There's a CD you could break and maybe cut somebody with. That's Chris Barrett. This tape of him was recorded a couple years ago for a short film. Chris used to run a service that helped families send packages to people in prison in New York State. He had a warehouse full of items that had already been approved by the prison authorities. Everything from food, clothing, boxer shorts, and, yeah, cassettes instead of CDs. But he never really understood the logic behind it. They let me sell tuna fish cans that, you know, you pull off the top and that thing is metal, like... It's much more dangerous than a CD, is my point, the tuna fish can than a CD. So I, I don't know why they uh, come up with some of the rules that they come up with. We just try to stay within those guidelines. Chris, whose package sending service recently went out of business, also sold a lot of cassette Walkmans. Walkmans used to be available for purchase in prison commissaries, but they generally aren't anymore, which makes them extremely coveted items. Like, my Walkman breaks, I'm out of there. So I take good care of it, because if it breaks, it like, I start crying. <laughs> and wear and tear is not the only threat to the life of a Walkman. 
But when it's like a major shakedown and they bring other officers from other institutions, they will just break your TV, break your radio, take your TV, take your radio, take your cassette tape. Once you destroy my Walkman, I cannot get another Walkman. It's, it's probably one of the most uh, prized items for, you know, for theft. People try to, you know, try to hold on to them as much as they can, you know, protect them as much as possible. That's Ephraim Paredes Jr. He was a 15-year-old honor student when he was tried as an adult on a murder charge and sentenced to life without parole. He's always maintained his innocence. Ephraim is 43 now, and during his 28 years in prison, he amassed a pretty big collection of music. Some of my favorites are, would probably be uh, Kendrick Lamar. I like Young Jeezy, Rick Ross, Meek Mills. I like Lil Wayne. At Muskegon Correctional Facility in Michigan, where Ephraim is serving his sentence, prisoners can actually have MP3 players. Inmates can purchase an MP3 player through the prison commissary and then download music to it through a kiosk provided by a company called Access Entertainment. Before downloading, they have to transfer money to the company and receive a credit for a certain amount of songs. But there's a catch. In Michigan, there's a policy that they try to restrict as much as much music that uh, would be labeled as parental advisory. In other words, the state of Michigan will try and sentence a 15-year-old as an adult, but when he becomes an actual adult, the state won't let him purchase music deemed inappropriate for a teenager. It's interesting that, you know, the, the Department of Corrections has never uh, taken any steps to restricting cassette tape purchases. We couldn't confirm that there were no restrictions on cassette music, but Ephraim hasn't encountered them. And that's why he says a lot of inmates still prefer cassettes. They listen to them all the time, on their personal Walkmans and sometimes out loud. Actually, as, as we're talking right now, there's a, a gentleman in the bathroom washing clothes with his radio on, uh, playing the song Play At Your Own Risk. Right underneath the part of the prison where Ephraim is locked up is the wing that houses the prisoners in solitary confinement. We hear guys all the time yelling up to us saying, hey, turn the music on, turn some music on, you know, turn on, turn Rick Ross on, or turn on Meek Mill. Or, Ain't this what they've been waiting for? You know, something so that they can hear down there. You ready? Something that's, you know, music uh, from upstairs. Uh, I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this. In a matter of time I spent on some locked up ish in the back of the paddy wagon, cuffs locked on wrist. See my dreams unfold, nightmares come true. It was time to marry. Prisons tend to be late adopters of technology, so maybe one day all prisons in the U.S. will just make the switch from cassette to digital. Or maybe they'll go to CDs first, just to be illogically chronological. Whatever the format, the most important thing about music to Ephraim and Adolfo is escape and connection. Here's Adolfo again. Music connects us all together. Everybody shares music with each other. You know, music allows everyone to escape from this place. I can't, I can't do it without my music. In the days I rest my Walkman, I borrow a Walkman with somebody else to listen to their Walkman before I can go to sleep. But The days that you don't have your Walkman? No, like, I play my Walkman like three days, then I let it rest like two days. Wow. He rests his Walkman. That is love.
99% Invisible was produced this week by Benjamin Walker and Alex Lambert with Katie Mingle, Sam Greenspan, Sharif Youssef, Kurt Colstead, Delaney Hall, Avery Truffleman, and me, Roman Mars. The audio you heard from Chris Barrett, the guy who sent packages to prisoners, was from the film The Prison in Twelve Landscapes by Brett Story. For more information about where and how to see that film, go to prisonlandscapes.com. Special thanks to Elise Blenner-Hassett. She introduced us to both Adolfo and Ephraim. A slightly different version of this story will air on Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything. Benjamin is one of my oldest friends in radio, and you should definitely be friends with him too. But in case you don't already listen, this is one of my favorite clips from his program that has a little bit more Benjamin Walker in it. Enjoy. There's this painting that I keep with me, always. It's one of those little postcard reproductions. I've even made a gold frame for it out of balsa wood. The painting is called The Artist in His Studio. It's by John Singer Sargent. I've brought it with me here to the studio. I have it right here in front of me, propped up next to the microphone. The painting depicts a man painting a picture in his studio. But this artist's studio is not an ordinary studio. It is the artist's home. The man has his painting propped up on the bed and the bureau. There is no easel. You get the idea that the only things in the room are the bed, the bureau, and the chair upon which the man sits. The man is confined to extremely small quarters. The setting is grim, and it contrasts with the painting that the man is working on. A landscape. The man is painting a landscape. Horses meander through a soft green meadow, and the trees are lush and full, and the blue horizon is dotted with clouds. Most sergeant commentators dismiss this painting. They consider it to be nothing but a silly joke, an artist painting a landscape in his cramped, doleful bedroom. But I consider this painting to be a masterpiece because it captures the idea that through art, man is able to transcend his dismal, squalid surroundings. This painting is not a joke. This artist is not painting a landscape. This artist is painting a window. Look out this window for a moment. Here, let me move out of your way. You'll find the view is breathtaking. I've spent my entire life looking for the way to get to the other side of this window. I've been told time and time again that I'm wasting my efforts, but I've never given up. I've always known that there is a way to break the glass and crawl out over the windowsill. I've always been certain of it, and I made a vow that I would never give up until I discovered the secret. You're snickering at me. Well, go ahead and laugh. 
you think I'm crazy for believing that there's something on the other side of this window. Well, I'm not. The reality on the other side is just as real as the one we stand in right now. Sometimes, I think it's even more real. But we do not have to go into that now. I have not brought you here to this window to discuss the metaphysics of reality. I have brought you here to this window because I need your help. You see, I believe that I have finally discovered the secret. So I'm going to go to the other side of the studio now, and I need you to kneel down here in, in the front. I'm going to count to three, and on three, I'm going to run towards you, and you are going to lift me into the air. You're going to catapult me through the window. Trust me, this is gonna work. With your help, I am going to break the glass and land on the other side. So, on three. One. to Something Will Happen Soon, an episode from Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything from Radiotopia. 99% Invisible is a project of KALW 91.7 in San Francisco and produced out of the offices of ArcSign, an architecture and interiors firm in beautiful downtown Oakland, California. 99% Invisible is supported by Slack, the best messaging app for teams. Slack brings all of your communication at work into one place, integrating with the tools and services that you use every day. Their mission is to make people's working lives simpler, more pleasant, more productive, and I'm going to add, more fun. Instead of a hodgepodge of email, texts, and IMs, Slack brings all of your communication into specific channels that make sense and are easily searchable. You'll be amazed how essential Slack is once you get started. Slack is free to use for as long as you want, but they do have paid plans with additional features and more powerful functionality. Anyone who visits slack.com slash 99 will get $100 in credits they can use whenever they decide to upgrade to any paid plan. Go to slack.com slash 99. Support is also provided by The Tim Ferriss Show. Tim is the best-selling author of The 4-Hour Workweek and is a self-experimenter to the highest degree. His podcast is one of iTunes' best of 2014 and 2015 and has been downloaded more than 70 million times. Many of those are by me personally. Each episode, Tim deconstructs world-class performers from eclectic areas in arts and sports and business to find tools, tactics, and routines that you can use no matter who you are. I always take notes when he asks about favorite books and favorite film documentaries. There's like a gold mine in there. I think my favorite episode ever is the one with indie film master Robert Rodriguez. That guy has cut his own path and just seems to have life and work 
figure it out like nobody else. You can get the Robert Rodriguez episode at 4hourworkweek.com slash Robert, or just scroll through and find a guest that you're super into at 4hourworkweek.com slash podcast. That's 4hourworkweek, that's four four-letter words all spelled out and jammed together with a dot .com at the end. 4hourworkweek.com slash podcast. And finally, this enterprise and Radiotopia wouldn't have made it out of the larval stage without the support of listeners like you, the Knight Foundation, and MailChimp. This week on the 99PI MailChimp newsletter, the alleys of Chicago and how alleys shape our cities. You can subscribe to our newsletter at 99pi.org, but if you want to send better email of your own, go to MailChimp.com. We're taking off next week for Memorial Day and just to recharge, so there's no show and therefore a perfect time to start listening to the brand new Radiotopia program, Millennial. Millennial is a podcast about what no one teaches you, how to maneuver your 20s. Host Megan Tan documents her life and the life of other 20-somethings as they enter into adulthood and begin carving out their own paths in what some would say is the best and the worst decade of their lives. If you don't know what I mean when I say Millennial... Here's an idea. A third of young Americans between the ages of 18 and 34 years old have been forced to move back in with their parents. 40% of the unemployed, that's about 4.6 million people, are millennials. And I'm one of those 4.6 million people who doesn't have a job. I also have less than $1,000 in my bank account. I don't have health insurance because I can't afford health insurance. I don't have a credit card because I'm afraid of credit cards. Megan Tan's Millennial, new from Radiotopia. Man, I recommended a lot of listening this week, so get cracking. You can find this show and like the show on Facebook. You can follow us all on Twitter and Instagram, but the best way to explore the 99% invisible activity that shapes the design of our world is to spend as much time as possible on 99pi.org. Radiotopia. From PI.